In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey listeners, what's up? Jeff Zimfer, your host for the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you so much listening. Hey, question for you. Do you ever ask yourself, how can you stand out? How can you rise above the noise? How can you differentiate yourself amongst the sea of sameness with loan officers? Well, on this episode, we're going to talk about how you can differentiate yourself with non-QM loans, and we get started in just a moment. Hey, so welcome back, and we are about to get into this week's episode. Before I do, of course, friendly reminder, make sure you check us out in the private Facebook group over at uh, Facebook. You type in Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. That's where you'll find our private group, more good stuff going on over there, live streaming, Q&A, uh, special guests, hot seats, and things like that. So go check that out over there as well. And if you've got a pressing question, um, as some of you have presented me your questions thus far, and I've been answering them, this is what you can do in the show notes here or wherever you're listening to this podcast, right? There's a little section down below the player button where you should see links to all the assets or resources we feature in the podcast. And one of those is a link to a website, which is called Ask Me Anything. And that's, you just tap that link and then you'll be able to go um, tap your phone, leave me a voice question just like Grant did, Kevin did, Natalia did, Pablo did, and others are doing right now, because I wanna answer your question. I wanna feature your question on the air, and I wanna include you in a monthly drawing coming up soon, where we're gonna give away one lucky winner per month, a swag box, t-shirt, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff, a private coaching call with me. So what's your question? What's your challenge? What's your frustration? What if, what's the one question you've always wanted to ask about digital marketing, going after realtors, diversifying yourself, being a successful mortgage originator? What is it? Or maybe it's the question about Beatles versus the Stones. I don't know. Just trying to keep it light here. So you want to go to askjeffanything.com. Check the link here in the show notes as well. Okay, so listen, guys, I don't have to tell you that everything's shifted in the world, right? post covid there's a lot of things that are happening that are going to change up the requirements on us as mortgage professionals if we want to be seen different, right? If we want to not be stuck in a box of a commodity and have a price conversation versus advice conversation. And 
you know, I used to say that, you know, the differentiators of price and programs really weren't that competitive, especially, you know, since everybody's settled on conventional, right, non-conventional, we got FHA, we got VA and those types of things. And really what hasn't been much else other than that. But of course, now what's happening is the growth or resurgence of non-QM loans. When you talk about self-employed people, when you talk about people, high net worth people with complex financial structures in corporations and things like that, that's why I'm really thrilled to bring to you my guest today. We're going to talk about uh, non-QM loans. We're talking about John Dustman. And uh, John is down in San Diego, California with Axos Bank. He is the senior vice president and head of mortgage banking. And we take you through what is this non-QM lending all about and how can it apply to you? And we, what I, what's cool is uh, a few minutes into this episode, we get, get into some actual real loan scenarios where you're going to hear use cases of um, leveraging non-QM loans to be able to get deals done where a lot of other people probably couldn't get them done. So I think that'll be an interesting exercise for you to just listen through and then start to ask yourself, hey, does your co company currently provide access to non-QM lending? Maybe you do in-house, maybe you have a correspondent already set up with Axos or someone else. Um, maybe you're a broker and have a relationship or maybe you don't, right? And if not, then go ahead and reach out to John and the team over there at Axos because they've got some incredible programs in place to help you succeed as a mortgage originator, the question you always want to be asking yourself is, who do you serve and what problems do you solve? And today, we're serving the non-QM community, typically self-employed, right, investors, people like that. And the problem we're solving is how do we get them financing in a non-traditional way that still is cost-effective and reasonable for them. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. John Dustman, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm a big fan of your show and uh, honored to be here. It is always an honor to spend time with other folks in the industry because I think, you know, why we're doing this today is we need to bring this message of non-QM uh, to uh, our listeners and to the marketplace. When, and we're going to talk about this. So before we get into that, why don't, uh, for the listeners, just a brief backgrounder on you, who you are, what do you do? Yeah. So my name is John Dustman. I'm the Senior Vice President head of mortgage banking here for Axos Bank. I've been in the industry, started as a loan originator myself back in 2004 and have been in various roles in origination and marketing, leading sales through this, uh, this journey. And uh, right now I'm really excited about what we have in non-QM and how it can really help loan originators do more in this market and grow and evolve. And so I'm, I'm really excited to share some of my thoughts. I've, I've gotten a lot of great feedback and, and a lot of really good gifts and, and ideas from, from listening to this show. And so I'm, I'm excited to get back a little bit today. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just remembered it. So you started in 2004. I was 2003. If I recall, didn't we both work for Countrywide for a minute? We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great right. memories. For those listening, some people are like, what was countrywide? Well, you missed, you missed the glory days. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so you're in San Diego and I was in Orange County. So, you know, uh, quite similar markets there in terms of competitiveness and loan size. What did we have, by the way, back then? I guess, how would you describe non-QM back then? How, what did we have? Well, there was, there was a lot more of kind of the alt or, you know, lower documentation. Mm -hmm. And so 
that's one of the things that's important to point out in today's world is is it's certainly not a repeat of the past. Right. Um, you know, back then there was some dif different things that you know some would say and and you know shouldn't have been there. And and so in this world, it's a lot different. The credit qualities are a lot better. However, it's still a different way of underwriting and a different way of of viewing the eligibility for the loan. And that's what I love about the most about this. It's a puzzle. It's not just the does it fit in a box or does it not fit in a box? It's a, you know, let's put this puzzle together. Let's solve a problem and figure out how we can best serve this client. And that's what, that's the part I really love. Well, let's do this. I don't want to forget. We've got a whole different range of types of people that listen to this experienced people, but then new people as well. So for their benefit, if you wouldn't mind define non QM, what we're talking about. Yeah. Non QM is, is basically a non-qualified mortgage. It, um, is originated <clears throat> against, you know, with, within different standards and underwriting guidelines that, um, you know, private lenders or portfolio lenders can, can use to originate the loan. And in our case, we hold these loans on our balance sheet at Axos. Um, there are some investors that, that purchase non-QM loans and some different takeout options for those. But we, we actually hold these on our portfolio. We started in non-QM back in, 2010. So shortly after the, you know, the big financial crisis and those times for those of you who are, were originating then, it was primarily, you know, can you do a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac or, or FHA VA loan? Jumbo was really off the, off the table. And so some of us started getting back into it. <clears throat> At that point, it was uh, Bank of Internet or B of I Federal Bank had started their um, non-QM wholesale lending program. And it's been a very successful program, high quality, great results, and uh, we're absolutely thrilled with it. So we've got 12 years of experience in this and, and the performance is, is great. And we're continuing to innovate and uh, disrupt, as you say, in this business and keep getting better. Yeah, so that's a good transition. Let's talk about that disrupting. Um, so here we are, we're coming out of one of, if not the greatest refi period we've had ever in the industry, if not in the last right decade or whatever, who, who, who's counting? But um, we know it was a great refi ride. And of course, now we're shifting back to a more purchase market. The other thing, that, though, though, that's happening, and of course, now we're coming out of COVID as well. And just just societally, what's happening is this, uh, you know, I've heard referred to, and I'll borrow the phrase, this gig economy, you know, uh, 1099 consultants, independent contractors, you know, people, the, the less traditional sources of income. Um, and that's really who QM ultimately is serving or non-QM is ultimately serving, right? Right, exactly. So it's the it's the make sense loans where otherwise maybe it, it doesn't meet some of the criteria just by a little bit to fit in the box of a, a standard traditional underwrite. So um, yeah, a lot of self-employed borrowers can really benefit. Yeah. So can I clarify it as that? You just said non-standard underwrite. I mean, if can you just say, okay, anything that's non-standard underwrite, like no DU, no LP, like that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good way of thinking about it. So it goes back to the to the manual underwrite days. So you don't have a DU pointing, you know, the roadmap for, for how to make the loan work. You you have to really manually underwrite it and, and dig in and look at the details and, and go from there. There's no, no system or computer program that's saying, get this, this and that. Okay, uh, so besides self-employed, who else would this apply to? So there's um, a lot of investors, real estate investors that are benefiting and, and finding non-QM loans to be very popular right now. We've actually got a really um, strong program and others have started 
doing some programs that's called a DSCR loan. So ultimately what that is, is it's debt service coverage ratio. And so as an investor buying another property or refinancing an investment property, the qualifications are based on the property and the cash flow of the property versus ultimately, um, you know, the underwriting of the income of the borrower. So it's a great alternative to, uh, to get a loan a little bit easier if you're a real estate investor um, without as much hassle. That's probably the best, best way to say it is it's right. uh, qualify with the property and you don't have to submit, you know, hundreds of pages of tax returns because you're complicated. Um, kind of like commercial then, right? Because commercial isn't written based on the performance of the pro property and everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a business purpose element to it for that regard. Hmm. Um, another interesting one on non-QM is someone who, let's say they have significant assets. Mm -hmm. So there's um, great, great ability to repay based on assets. And so uh -huh. the stocks, it could be savings accounts, could be even crypto in some cases where <laughs> the assets can be used as basically the, the ability to repay on a depletion basis. So that's a big, unique opportunity for, for folks who are looking to leverage and get into property. Wait a second, come on, man. Are we getting there already? We're looking at crypto now? <laughs> it's on a case by case basis, but there's, uh, there's some interesting stuff. Wow, that could be a whole different session in of itself. Yeah, talk about disrupts, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so the investor thing is very interesting because I do remember the days of um, doing some loans for investors. And it, it, yeah, it becomes challenging when you're an investor and you own 10 properties, right? And they're looking at the traditional version of that, you know, you being able to support that based on income and et cetera, instead of the actual property itself. Right, right. Okay. All right. So what else? Uh, I want I want to make sure we cover like who is, is a, a, you know, you were put your loan officer hat on. Let's do this. You got this non-QM loan, you know, forget about the, the FHA, the traditional quote yeah. paper stuff. Does anybody say a paper anymore? I don't know. I still do. But so I, I do. Uh, might be it might be an old school thing, but I do. But yeah. yeah, you know, we know those high quality borrowers and stuff. If you were a loan officer, how would you be looking to take, you know, this 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 bucket, if you will, this this tool chest of non-QM loans out into the market? What would you be doing to go find these loans? Yeah, great question. So the things that come to mind for me are, you know, first and foremost, <clears throat> you mentioned the gig economy, the, you know, different types of qualifications. Now, finding those people, obviously, it's not not necessarily easy. Um, obviously, word of mouth is great. Referral partners is a great source um, for helping, you know, make sure that your realtor partners, your referral sources know that you've got a product that can help them close more loans and, and can help qualify more more borrowers. The other side of it is thinking about, um, you know, housing prices have gone up tremendously. Obviously, conforming loan amounts have gone up as well, but there's a lot of areas that require financing above what the conforming limit is. You know, here in San Diego, a lot of Southern California, most California in general, you know, even though the conforming limit is high, a lot of a lot of borrowers are going into the jumbo space. Jumbo, prime jumbo, for example, can be very very tedious. Mm -hmm. So it's great for you know potentially. W2'd, very, you know, down the middle wage earners. But outside of that, you know, you really have to go to the non-QM side. So I would think about it as an LO of, of how can I make sure I'm positioned in the right way for maybe some of the <clears throat> higher, um, higher wealth, higher income individuals that I might be missing out on right now. And whether that's through talking to your partners and, and determining, you know, buyers that they may have that, uh, 
we're trying to get a home and, and, and got a turn down. That's another way you can you can come in and try to talk through non-QM, see if there's an option there and where you're, you're a hero, your agent loves you at that point, or um, other sources where you can just get into those those areas where there's higher higher loan amounts, higher purchase prices, and uh, more in that, that jumbo space that doesn't fit the, the prime jumbo. Yeah, I'm looking at your document that you provided um, with some examples in here, and it's it's making me think, you know, back to this question that I got from somebody, which was, other than real estate agents, what niches would you go after? And my answer to him was, you know, self-employed, um, yeah. uh, gig economy type stuff. And it made me think now when looking at some of these scenarios, is this a specialty you think that's worthy of, and it's going to sound like a softball question for the listeners, but I mean, you know, that we, you, you should... Does it make sense to develop a brand and a marketing messaging and all that kind of stuff around this? Yes, I think it absolutely does. Uh, in a way, obviously, that you're not using the jargon, um, you know, non-QM, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, what does but, that mean, right? Yeah, right. But it's more of the, um, you know, if there's a, a borrower who who could not get the property for, for such and such reason, but they otherwise have great quality, uh, great credit quality, great income, but they're just a little unique, then that's a great way to market. <clears throat> so um, a lot of our account executives talk through when they're calling out to, to loan officers and originators, you know, talk, let's talk about the last turndown you had. How was that? What happened? What are the scenarios? It's a good way of thinking about it. Um, and then just again, that whole higher end side of things and, and doing more with different solutions. So in some of our examples, maybe, Maybe the loan won't work with certain elements, but the borrower, let's say, has another property that's, that's paid off free and clear. Potentially, we could cross-collateralize the other property, and then all of a sudden, we have a deal. It makes yeah. sense. It's great. Great deal at that point. Um, and then lastly, the other audience to think about beyond realtor partners is, is financial advisors. There's a, a great opportunity there. We, we also allow for pledge of, of equities. So advisors love that because... There's not as much liquidation that could be required if someone decides they want to pledge some stock to, to lever up on the loan. That's a great way for the advisor to continue serving that relationship while the buyer is also satisfying their needs with their mortgage or buying a home. So, and I'm reading through some of these examples, and I don't know if you want to make this available to anybody, but um, sure. Okay, so we can put a I can put a PDF link or something. Yeah. PDF. Because I think what's very illustrative is as I read through some, some of these examples, and let me do a screen share so you and I are on the same page, um, is again, we're talking about disrupting personal brand and things like that. Like I'm looking at what I was thinking of is a couple different niches here, like you had already mentioned uh, one or two, which is the investor niche. So if I scroll back up to this one right here, which is the DC, DSCR, what does that say? Right. Debt service coverage ratio. Mm -hmm. so, so that's where we're qualifying them based on the property only, cash flow on the property. Yeah, so this is a 1.4 million loan amount, single family uh, resident, 52% LTV, four and three quarters, and a 5.1 interest only arm with 100% cash out. Explain that to me. So, yep. Basically, we um, qualified based on the asset, mm -hmm. cash flow on the asset, and then to lever up on the um, cash out <clears throat> was a cross collateralization loan. So, Basically, our net uh, LTV at the end was was 55, but it allows for the higher leverage on the on the property to recapture for you know the cash they put in to buy the property. So, huh. made sense in that situation. 
You know what's interesting too is I realized I just completely put you on the spot, not even knowing. <laughs> <laughs> All good. All good. I know my loans, fortunately. Right. All right. So let me scroll to the other thing that hit me because again, I'm I'm thinking about like uh, how do I stand out and rise above the noise? And I look at stuff like this right here. This is a residential property, right? Yep. Correct. Fourteen million dollar purchase price, twelve point six on the loan, non-owner, non-owner AC, 90% LTV, 55%. Uh, explain that to me. Did we got two LTVs? Yeah, absolutely. So this is an example where we pledged securities. So uh, this buyer used some stock that they had and um, pledged up. So our, our, our ultimately the amount that they came in for the purchase was 10% down. Okay. And in, in lieu of the additional loan amount that otherwise they'd be required to, you know, be, or the down payment they'd otherwise be required to put down, right. they pledged their stock. So really? 10% down to get to the 90 LTV. And then the equity portion that they pledged ultimately covers from the 90 down to the 55. So avoid a liquidation event of the stock, you know, defer potential capital gains and um, also get the home. So is it's, that it's a win-win. Is that a stock that is well known and was like kind of a sure bet? Yeah, yeah. When we when we pledge, it's typically it's on a you know the larger, um, you know, pretty higher volume you know exchanged okay. stocks. It's not a penny stock or anything like that. But um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now here's another one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna full circle on this one. We're done looking at some of these examples. Newport Coast, which is Newport Beach, California, uh, 16 mil purchase price, 12.8 loan amount, owner AC. 3.2 million cash pledge. Was that a stock pledge as well? Yeah, that was a stock pledge as well. Hmm. 12 month bank statement qualifying. Yeah. So yeah. this is where one of it's a self-employed example where um, they use their bank statements to show their qualifying income versus right. providing tax returns right. um, as a self-employed borrower. And then, so this particular borrower used, you know, a couple flavors of the I guess the beauty of non-QM to help for qualifying is they, they one, they pledged the assets to get a higher effective loan to value. And then two, submitted bank statements as, a, as an easier path of documentation to, to meet the underwriting requirements. Right, right. What, anything to be aware of when you're doing a deal that's unique like this, it's manual underwriting. Are we talking about, you know, delayed turn times on, you know, approvals, et cetera? That's a great question. So, it's a little bit slower than the, you know. Sure, you would think. I mean, listen, days, you know, brain surgery is a little bit <laughs> harder than you know fixing a toe. <laughs> yeah, and, and I I see both sides as as you know I'm I'm involved in some agency work today too, and and you know that's an area where we've built our business on how fast can we get it, how automated can we get it, and use as much you know digital digital underwriting as possible. And so you see that side where it's it's pretty quick, and then on the portfolio side. You know, it does take a little bit longer, but it's nothing to where it's, you know, not sitting and waiting around forever. We have to be competitive. And even in this market, you have to be able to move fast, even on these big loans. So a 45 day closing is something absolutely within our our, our means and something we, we can do. We can close faster on a purchase if we have to. If, it, if it's, you know, got to be got to move quick to get this done. We're going to move uh, mountains sure. to underwrite and get that done. But it's not just the super high-end properties like the examples, right? No, it's not. We we end up getting um, you know some of those just based on you know where we are, where some of our partners are. Sure. But um, you know, non-QM as a whole, 
our product set, our loan amounts range from 510 is our minimum and our, our max is 30 million. We can go higher by kind of exception basis, but um, it's not all just the the big big high-end ones. It's it's It can be a, more of a standardized type of, of uh, loan amount. Well, it's interesting you said financial advisors because I'm thinking in those examples of you know, the high-end ones, obviously, we're, t- we're talking about playing at a different level. And what I think about when I see those examples, what runs through my head sometimes is what, and this goes back to the original question somebody asked me about differentiation or what other niches would you pursue? Um, and another one I often bring up is the, the divorce niche. And I think, especially moving forward, we, you know, we talk about disruption, we talk about fintech and all the stuff that's, all the noise that's happening over there, you know, with what's going to happen with blockchain or whatever, who knows? Yeah. But the point is, is like, how do you have job security, right? Solve problems. And I always, I always talk about being a specialist versus a generalist. And I, you know, I've alluded to this example of brain surgery, but seriously, I mean, when you get into compensation, right, and you think about consultants, doctors, attorneys that are working on high-end cases, complex cases, well, I mean, it only takes a couple, three of those, and then you're opened up into a whole world of people, as you know. They all hang around each other, network. You mentioned financial advisors. Um, how would you, you got any coaching tips, man, on like <laughs> how to get in there like, and start to position yourself as one of these non-QM experts, you know? Well, I think part of it is, is one, once you get your first, mm-hmm. that word travels fast. Right. Everyone loves to, especially as you as you said, you know, there is such a tight knit group in some cases in these kind of networks of, of people who serve clients like this. As soon as you can get the get your shot at one, and you do a good job on it, then more will come. That's the best way I would I would explain it. So, well, um, you know, so it's like I'm envisioning, hey, join the country club, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I would say in, in today's world, you can find it in, in so many yeah. different ways. You know, mm-hmm. digital is a great way. Getting into the yeah. right groups is, is a great way. Networking. Um, and, and even, I think, I think I can still go back to the realtor partners in, in yeah. certain locations. If you're, if you're running with the right agents, there sure. can be a really good, um, you know, trickle down that, that has some of the borrowers who are, you know, needing some of these non-QM loans. So I think that's a good place. Like, like I look out here, you know, here I'm in Vegas and I see these high end properties go for sale and stuff. And, you know, I, I know, look, let's be honest, listeners, some of you are reluctant to go after high end agents um, and you know who they are in your community, right? Or these people that are striving to be high end agents, but there's these agents that people are reluctant to chicken list or they're so big or whatever. And they've got clients like with the examples we just described here. I mean, depending on where you are in the country, there's always high end markets, right? High end buyers. And, and the people that are buying those typically, right, are the high-level CEOs, they're the self-employed, they're the, right, 1099ers, whatever, and they need specialized solutions. Which gets back to, by the way, you said digital. Imagine just telling stories, like, of how you're able, just, just scenarios. Like, hey, here's a scenario that, right, um, was recently done or accomplished it doesn't even need to need to be your own you could just be sharing this story hey i want to tell you a story about right a high a, a client who was able to get into a uh, a property non-traditional here's the breakdown boom 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 i mean we see you and i see a lot of loan officers educating people on instagram etc with financial investment in advice yeah so what about this right 
Absolutely. That's a great, great way to do it and, and, and great recommendation. And that's, I guess that's taking almost some of what we do in our playbook in terms of how we market to our loan officers and our originators of, of the case studies. The, the, right. the, the scenarios kind of show the magic and, and it's something that, that catches the attention. It's like, wow, that's really cool. I can't believe that that's a, a, a program that I could offer and, and I could do so much more business with that. That's great. So I would say that's a really good way of, of going about it. And there's so many different ways to attract consumers in today's day and age and, and targeting and, and, and different um, you know, data that can help identify the right opportunities that uh, maybe aren't quite so obvious. There's, there's ways you can un- uncover that. Well, how does somebody get educated in this, you know, in developing this knowledge around these different types of loans? So our account executives and, and the team that we have here at Axos, our, our main job is to educate our partners. So our LOs that are, that are working with us, if, if the LO doesn't know how to sell the product and originate the product, then we aren't doing our job right because that's our job. We have to train. We have to make sure you understand the guidelines, what changed, how can you submit a loan that, that works this way? And, and so we have scenario desks that we can send loans through on your behalf. <clears throat> We've got all sorts of um, you know, resources to answer questions. And then again, our account executives who handle the day-to-day relationships with the, the LOs, they are experts. We have some of the best in the business that are really, really good at what they do and they will help educate and train and make sure that um, the LO is equipped because the last thing the LO wants to do is go to one of these high-end clients or, or partners and say, I've got this great loan. It's going to uh, absolutely work great. And then they don't you know, have all the answers or something goes off. That's, that's obviously what we don't want. That's what they don't want. So it comes down to the education and, and we do a really good job of, of training and, and, and helping. We do webinars. We have a lot of resources available and then we're just a pretty hardworking crew where we make ourselves available to field questions whenever, whenever someone needs us. Mm, yeah. The, the examples are pretty compelling, man. Like I'm looking at this one right here. And again, I don't, the problem with, with the examples we're sharing is people, I don't want them to get the impression that it's all this high level stuff. However, right. When you're dealing with people who have money, wealthy people, their, their financial situation tends to be a little bit more complex. Yeah. Case in point being, that's why you become a specialist. You become more valuable there. You tell me, John, you see it more than I do. When you're doing what we described here, like this next one right here, uh, let's go through it and then I'm gonna ask you a question. All right, so Newport Beach, Corona Del Mar, obviously kind of in y'all's backyard, 11 million appraised value, 6.9 million loan amount, owner occupied, listed for sale, borrower pulled 2 million out for real estate acquisition. So what is that, is that like a bridge loan or what? Yeah, that was a bridge loan. So, um, you know, in certain higher end homes take longer to get the right buyer in, um, obviously, and so, this individual wanted to make a move on on the next sale real quick, the next property real quickly. So um, we have a bridge product that ultimately it's a, a 12 month loan where property is listed and you can take cash out. We give you the cash out and go put it down on the next property. And um, ultimately when the, the, the departing resident sells, you pay off the loan with the proceeds. It's real, real simple in that regard. So yeah. it just creates the flexibility, frees up some of the cash flow so they aren't having to go liquidate elsewhere or, or miss out on a property. And, and to your point, this is a very, you know, significant number on this one, but 
doesn't mean it has to be. It could be a, a lower right. loan amount. It could be more of a re realistic. And in today's day and age where it's so competitive in terms of, of getting an offer accepted, sometimes if you've got cash in hand and you have a property that you could use as a bridge, get a bridge loan on it, that could make or break getting an offer accepted on a new property you're get, getting into. So it's, it's rare that I get this deep on the show regarding loan guidelines and stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm looking at them here. Uh, I'm reading your one to four unit program up to 60% LTV. Uh, there's probably some exceptions to that. Um, but what I notice here is a minimum 680 FICO. So that's, that's, you know, I mean, hell, we're not asking for 740. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we certainly will. Again, it's, it's, that's the beauty of non-QM. We, we, we look at what makes sense. And so, you know, maybe there's a 680 FICO, but everything else is, is great. And, okay. and, you know, why wouldn't we do that? It's a, it's a great loan. So the question I was going to ask is when you're structuring like that example, of the other ones we shared, do you think, are, are the people who are getting that loan, the recipients, are they just calling you going, Hey, what's your price, man? What's your rate? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, fortunately our, 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 our partners, you know, they, they handle most of the, the calls and, and they, they handle that, but no and our price is great. I mean, it, that's, that's where if they were saying that they'd say, wow, that's it cool, let's do this because so that's, a nice, that's, that's a nice plug. I get it for where you're coming from. However, you know, where I'm coming from is again, right? If, if, if you know, you need heart surgery or you have this unique complex structure to your financial situation, you're not going to be like, no, no, no. I think I'm going to shop this. Hold on. I'm going to get three different quotes because there yeah. aren't three different people that are showing up in your life that can do this. Right. That's what I'm and, saying. And, and a lot of the competition that we'd face on something like this would be a hard money lender, which, which, yeah that pricing is not even in the same ballpark as what, what, what we're offering. So it's so uh, and guys, guys and gals listening out there is, you know, wherever you can tell stories of unique structuring of, of the deal that right delivers the solution, whether it's a bridge loan, which of course is much needed in today's market or these other unique situations where you can tell the stories of, look, I had a high end buyer. I had a self-employed person or I, I had this scenario. Like oftentimes, I know I fall back on this too. It's like, oh, you know, great late, great rates, loan programs, not a real competitive advantage. Well, I'm starting to, to back away from that a little bit more, you know, not so much from the rate, but because I don't want to have a rate conversation, but more for the product solution. This is where I think non-QM does change the conversation because everybody has FHA, VA. All right, great. That's not that huge of a differentiator. But this, right, that's something that's a differentiator. Totally agree. This is what makes you different from more of the commoditized market, which which that's the reality of what agency FHA and VA have become. And this is where where you are special as an originator. You've got something that probably, you know, 90% of the competition doesn't have the product that you have with this. Yeah, well, then now let's talk about um, how do loan officers take advantage of this? Um, because as you know, the audience, my audience, either they're either at retail lenders, they're at brokers. So fill in that gap for me. Yeah. Great question. So brokers can, um, anyone can, can come in and apply and become a seller, you know, seller to us. There's an application on our website for seller approval, pretty simple process. And ultimately brokers typically will, will work with us on a wholesale arrangement and then larger companies, which we, we work with as well. We do have some, some pretty significant and, and large, <clears throat> um, companies out there that, that work with us and we we often work on a correspondent basis with the larger companies so whoever's in you know, running secondary marketing or maybe an executive would be responsible for basically 
coming up with the decision to work with Axos and offer our, our non-QM products. And there's an application as well on our, our website for that. And it's the correspondent application. We do both and uh, we love love both sides of it and uh, definitely encourage anyone who's interested to, to take a look. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have tons of great resources. I mean, look, what I just shared with everybody today in this PDF, I've learned, you know, about loan structuring right here and some of the options that are out there. And so I think that's great. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes, Axos Bank, A-X-O-S bank.com. Also, you wanted to give out, dare I say, if people want to contact you directly? You, you willing yeah, to I'm, I'm open for it. I, I, I love it. So, uh, you know, John Dustman is my name again. My email is jdustman at axosbank.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So what's on the radar for you guys in terms of products or things you're looking kind of around the corner that would be interesting to share? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we're one thing I'm really excited about beyond product is we're updating our, our tech stack. We're working on a big, big marketing technology platform that uh, you know we're working on and developing. That'll make us much better for our partners, make our, our experience stronger. So those of you, if you see the website, the website's about to go through a major upgrade and, and overhaul. Um, part of that includes some some new tools and ways for our LO partners to better market, better understand our products and get more information easier. Um, time obviously is, is a key for everyone. And the last thing I want is for our value partners to be, you know, spending unnecessary time trying to find something. So right. um, that's a big thing on my agenda here is, is building out our tech stack stronger, building some new marketing tools that can help our partners uh, help their clients understand what these products are. Obviously they're complex, but there's a way with it that we can communicate what they are through examples and through, through really making it easy, consumer friendly language. So that's a big one. And then the additional side of it is continuing to look at product opportunity as the market continues to change, as uh, we go through, you know, some of the, some of the unknowns that are going to be coming up in this year, we always want to be ahead of it. And so I spent a lot of time researching, spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, what's, what's coming next and uh, always want to be prepared for that. So just mainly product evolution and, and, and being a better partner to our partners is how can we help serve you better? So those are the big things for me. How many um, AEs do you guys have in the country? Well, right now, it's another good question. Um, right now we've got seven. We are hiring. Uh, we got, I would say, seven super producers. They're, they're rock stars. They do an incredible job. Um, but we are, we are currently hiring and, and, and growing, but um, they carry big, big pipelines. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, I was just curious more than anything else. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So axosbank.com, you shared your email, brokers can apply. Uh, you could do correspondent lending as well. So if you're listening and you're like, man, I want in on this non QM thing, uh, and you don't currently have it. Well, now you know how to get in touch with John or the team and or bring it to your leadership at your current company, because I, I would venture to guess there's, you know, it varies based on the area. I was going to get, oh, there's two or three loans in your, I mean, there's lots of non-QM loan opportunities in the, in your own backyard. Yeah. With as, as high as real estate prices are now, it's amazing how much more non-QM opportunity there is. Yeah, for sure. All right, John, listen, um, I know we're tight on time, so I'm going to close it out here. Thanks again for sharing your story. I'm very, you know, it's like I'm thinking, as I said earlier, God, if I was ever to get back into lending, I would definitely be showing up, like telling these stories and being the specialist, right, for the self-employed, for the, the high-end, high-net-worth person who needs a high-level consultant, because then I don't have to deal with price in most cases. Yeah, <laughs> well, 
thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate it. This has been an awesome opportunity and uh, appreciate the opportunity to give back to the, to the, to the show and, and all the LOs out there. So thank you. You bet. And listeners, you know what to do if you like this episode. First of all, reach out to John if you want to learn more. And then secondly, leave us a review. And we appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, if you like this episode, please leave us a review. That helps us reach more people and bring more good value and content to you, our listeners. And then don't forget, if you are a loan officer who wants more agent referrals in less time, be sure to check out the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership at mortgagemarketing.pro and learn more about our turnkey system of agent classes that puts you front and center of your local real estate agents, attracting agents instead of chasing them, and getting agent referrals like clockwork every single month, just like Carrie Cobb, who her first year in the business with closing over 75 loans, achieved 40% of those 75 loans exclusively from agent classes. And if you want to learn how she did it and how you can do it too, once again, go to mortgagemarketing.pro and I'll see you over there. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.